Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. All right. Good morning. How y'all doing? It is. Uh, it's good to see you. It was a busy uh, weekend for my wife and I. We we're running around quite a bit, but um, we're glad we're here. You ever have those times where it's just busy, you know, and uh, you're just running around. You feel like everything's not all coming together. Anybody ever felt like everything wasn't coming together in their life? God loves us and works with us in the times when we are focused on Him. And even the times when we're not focused on him, when we're busy and scattered, God never leaves us. He always walks with us. But he wants to, what he wants to do is to teach us how, whether we're in those times when we are sort of in church mode and we're focused on him, we're in devotional mode, uh, that we see God. But he also wants to help us, even in the times when we're scattered and busy and frazzled, uh, to find him. And, and as we go into this series called Set Apart, that's really the point of it, is that we learn how to, even in the midst of everything going on, we learn how to set apart our hearts towards God and find Him in the midst of those moments. And, and that's the, 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 the picture that I love of that is, is Jesus when He's in the boat with all the disciples and the storms come in and, and they, they think they're going to drown and the boat's going to go under and Jesus is just sleeping in the boat. And say, Jesus, we're drowning, we're going down. And he's like, what? You know, no, God's with us. The Father's here and, uh, and I'll take care of it. Why? Because in the midst of the storm, Jesus knew how to connect with the Father. And, and that's really our definition of holiness. Holiness is not a matter of environment. And it's not a matter of our activity. It's a matter of our heart focus. And it's less about what we're not to focus on, and more about what we're focusing towards. So when we're set apart, we're set apart from and set apart to. But the main thing of holiness is what we're set apart to. And so today we're going to be talking about how holiness is restored. And we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture today. We went through a lot of scripture last time. We're kind of getting into the, the, the deeper scriptural part of it. And the reason why we're doing that is because we as a church, we want to be people who are based in the Bible, based in Scripture. That when we live our lives and when we come together to, to, to listen, that we're not just spouting our own opinions and we're not just trying to give you things that we think will help and work. But what we really do is bring, coming back to what we believe is the Word of God and basing our lives on that. And especially now we're coming into the, the part of holiness where we're talking about our eternal salvation and, and what, what that is all about and how that happens in our lives. And so more than any other thing, we want to make sure that our relationship with God and our eternal salvation is based on, very solidly on, the Word of God and Scripture. Okay, so we're going to be going through, just reading through a bunch of, of Scripture today. You ready for that? Amen. We want to be people of the Word of God. Uh, we're not just a community group. We're not just a, you know, help, help you get a better life group. Um, we are uh, a, a church called by God, founded on the Word of God. And so that's what we're going to do today. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your Word. 
that you say is, is really when we, when we really begin to understand, and it's more precious than gold to us, that it begins to be sweeter than honey to us, and that it feeds us, and it washes us, and it renews us, and it guides us. It cleanses us, Lord. And, and so we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes alongside the word and begins to instruct us in the word and open it up to our hearts so that our very lives can be changed by your word. And so today, Lord God, we honor your word, we treasure your word, and let it speak to each and every one of us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yes, amen. All right, set apart. We are looking at holiness restored. A quick little overview of, of this today's sermon. Um, it says, number one, why do we need priests and sacrifices? So, um, and so we've been talking about what holiness is, and it, it comes, uh, holiness, only God is holy. But our connection with him, our relationship with him is what makes us holy. So holiness is really defined by our relationship with God. It's not defined by how we act. It's not defined by what we think. It's defined by our relationship with the one who is holy. And all holiness comes from him because he's the only one who is holy. And just like Jesus would walk the earth and, and he would go to sick people, uh, unclean people, and instead of them making him sick, he would make them well. He'd go up to dead people. And, and in, in Jesus' day, religiously, the Jews felt that if you touched a dead person, it would make you unclean. But when Jesus touched dead people, instead of him becoming unclean, they came alive. And in the same way, when we connect with Jesus, we become holy. And so now, how is this holiness restored? Last week, we, we talked about um, the, the ancient Jewish feasts that were a part of uh, cleansing them of sin, atoning for their sins. We talked about what was known as the Passover. And we talked about uh, the, the Day of Atonement and how these different um, religious ceremonies and rituals that God instituted were a picture of God's plan for our lives. And so God instituted a sacrifice lamb. The blood of, of that lamb would cover over Israel's sins for a year. And once a year, the, there would be a high priest who would have to go in and, and he would make atonement. He would, he would represent the Jews to God. And so we have this priest and we have this blood uh, of a lamb that reconnected people, brought the, the Jewish people back to holiness, reconnected them to God. Because we all, we get separated from God by our sin. And that's why in our lives, we, we so often, as, as we go through life, we wonder, where is God? Why don't, why don't I hear his voice? Why don't I feel him in, in my life? It's because of, of sin. And so today as we, we go through, if we're going to say why, why we need priests and sacrifices, why Jesus is a better priest, and why Jesus is a better sacrifice. And so here, why we need priests and sacrifices. It says, Psalm 59, we'll look at Psalm chapter 59. This was written, uh, like we said last year, this was written actually 700 years before Jesus ever came, but it speaks so clearly about who Jesus is and what his purpose was in coming to earth. It says this, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God because, you're, because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. And so what happens here? 
Our sins are what cut us off from God. So in the times when we feel like, man, I can't hear God, it feels like God's not involved in my life, God says really the, the reason for that is because of sin in our lives. And the Bible also says we've all sinned. It fallen short of the life God has called us to live. And so all of us, why do we need priests? Why do we need sacrifice? Because our sin cuts us off from God, okay? They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. And so in our lives, if you lack peace in your life, if the people that you are around lack peace, that's also reason why we need God because our sin causes us to lack peace in our lives. But God gives us priests and God gives us the blood of the lamb to restore peace in our lives. And so sin causes that in our lives, the lack of peace. But Jesus, come, priest and blood comes to restore that to our lives. Another reason why we need priests and sacrifices. It says, so there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but only find darkness. We look for bright skies, but we walk in gloom. Why does that happen to us? Because of sin in our lives. And so if you've ever felt like, man, I just don't know what's going on, or it seems like nothing's right for me, it seems like I'm just getting the short end of the stick all the time, or it feels like I, I lack light in my life, seems like there's just darkness in my life. That's the fruit of sin. And that indicates our need of a priest and our need of sacrifice in our lives. Because God says, these are the things that the priests were meant to restore and sacrifice. See, uh, what the, the role of a priest is, is that he's a mediator between us and God. Because our sins have separated us from God. And the picture that we get of that from the Bible is, is back in Exodus as the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, heading to the promised land. And God wanted to say, okay, here's how you should live if you want to be restored to relationship from me, with me. And so God says, I want to, I'm going to meet with you. I want to meet you on the mountain. I'll come down, you come up. We'll meet halfway, and I want to lay out for you, this is the way to live life uh, alongside God. But as God came down to the mountain, the Bible says there was fire, and there were dark clouds, and thunder, and it was loud, and, and flashing lights. And, and, and the, the, the Jews, at first they're saying, yeah, yeah, let's go up, let's meet with God. But then when they saw God actually come down, they're like, uh, we have second thoughts. And said, uh, maybe Moses, you go up on our behalf and you talk to God and then just tell us what he said. Because it looks scary up there. But God's intention was never just to talk to Moses. He invited all the people of Israel to come up to the mountain. Because God's intention is to have relationship with all of us, each and every one of us. But our fear causes us to draw back. Our sin causes us to draw back from God, just like the children of Israel did. And so Moses alone went up to God, met with the Lord, got the Ten Commandments and instructions on how to live. And then when he came down from the mountain, Aaron, who was the priest at that time, he had created false gods, idols, 
he said, he made this, he said, well, Moses up there, we don't know if he'll survive all the, the fire and the lightning up there. So uh, we need something to worship. Not sure we're going to keep worshiping the guy on the mountain with all the fire and the dark clouds because that looks scary. So let's just make our own gods. So we all like beef, so we'll make a calf, you know, we'll make a cow out of gold. And, uh, and so let's just worship him. Here's what brought you out of Egypt, not, not the guy on the mountain. And so the children of Israel started worshiping an idol. It's, it's interesting how so quickly we look for substitute gods. Many times that things go wrong in our lives. It's, you know, and we run into problems. Rather than turn towards God, we turn towards more money. We turn towards a better job, a better boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, divorce our husband or wife, uh, need a new, a new boss, need a new place to live. Uh, I just need a new routine. I, I just need to go get some therapy. We look for all these substitute gods rather than turning to God. We find in our own hearts, we make idols. Things to, to take the place of God in our lives. But God's intention was always to come down and be with us. When Moses came down and he saw them worshiping these idols after Moses had spent this time in God's presence, he just said, well, what happened here? And so ever since that time, the only ones who, who then stood with Moses in that moment and with God in that moment were the one tribe, the tribe of Levi. And so then they became the priestly tribe. And so all the priests came from that tribe, the tribe of Levi because of the sin of the children of Israel. But God never meant for just there to be a, a priestly class. He's, his intention was that we would be a kingdom of priests, that all of us would be priests, and all of us would come before the Lord. But right now, our sins separate us. And so that's why when, when, you know, when you have a broken relationship, how many of you ever, the, the Bible says it this way, we just read in Matthew 18 in our, our weekly reading, when, when, you, when you have an offense between two people and the relationship breaks down, then you should go and, and, and be reconciled. But if you find that you can't reconcile, either one person refuses to reconcile or there's just the, the hurt is too deep or the misunderstanding is too great and you find you can't this isn't then bring someone else along a third party who can help you to reconcile and, and that's just a, the way it often goes in life sometimes we just need that in fact i think in, in asian culture sometimes we go there first like so and so offended me, but I don't want to tell them. So I, I let someone else know so that they can go tell them, you know. And then, and then if that person actually wants to be friends again, then they can tell them, and then they can come back because we don't want to go face to face. And what if they don't want to be friends? Then that'll just be even more hurt. Right? So we just go tell, and we 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 want to always go through these mediators. We always want a mediator to to go in between. And God said, you know, God's, God has always pursued us even in the times when we rejected him. Just like when Adam and Eve rejected God in the garden. God came down looking to restore the relationship and they instead hid from God. God is always wanting to restore a relationship. Honestly, it's you and I who keep running away from God. Verse 12 says, For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us yet we know what sinners we are we know that we have rebelled and have denied the lord we have turned our backs on our god how we know how unfair and oppressive we have been carefully planning our deceitful lives so if you find that you feel separate from god can't connect with him you need a priest you need a sacrifice 
If you find that your peace has run out and you're just living with fear and insecurity and frustration, and you need a priest, a mediator, you need a sacrifice. And if you find that you're just, you have so much sin, you're just looking for ways to hide your sin. You find they have such a big desire towards sin that you're no longer trying to make it right anymore. You're just trying to avoid. You're just trying to avoid being found out. You need a, a mediator. You need a sacrifice. And so this is why God sent, set up priests, mediators, and sacrifices. But why is Jesus a better priest? Because the, the priest that God set up with the, church, the, the whole system that he set up with the children of Israel, with the Jews, utterly failed. In fact, the system that God set up, they got so enamored with the system that they chose the system over God. And so when Jesus actually showed up, when God actually sent, came to earth to reconnect with us, we were so busy with the, the, the trappings of the system of religion that we missed the relationship with the living God. And in fact, it was the very ones who knew the most about the system that God had set up were the ones who rejected Jesus. They led the rebellion against Jesus and had him crucified. And we can get so enamored with trying to, to live out the trappings of Christianity, the liturgies, the performance part, that we can totally miss God in it. And then we become judgmental of each other the judgmental of the world around us. And rather than having the heart of God, we have the same kind of heart that the Jews had when Jesus came. We just don't understand Jesus. We just don't understand how he operates. He, he frustrates us. He does things that we don't expect. He works in ways that we are not used to. And so we just want to get back to the comfort of our liturgy. I know how to go to church. I know how to debate about the Bible and study that. I know how to have my times in reading the word and going through the, the rituals of prayer, but never really, never actually connecting with God in the scripture or through the word. And that's why sometimes the churches can be one of the hardest places to find God. It's easy for me to come to church, you know, sit in the back. As a pastor, I'm supposed to sit in the front, but, you know, when I wasn't a pastor, I liked sitting at the back, you know, because it's easy just to hide and be there and see your friends, and it's more important what happens after church. There's my friends back there sitting at the back, that's right, just like me. That's where I would be sitting, right there with Matthew. Because I wasn't really looking for an encounter with God. I was looking to hide my sin. But I wanted to, you know, just do enough to kind of feel like, well, I must be okay with God because, look, I come to church every Sunday. You know, God should let me into heaven because, you know, I, I come to church. But God had a whole different thing. So why is Jesus a better high priest than, than, these, than this, this, the old Jewish system? In the old Jewish system, there were many priests on the old system, for death prevented them from re remaining in office. But Jesus lives forever. His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. In other words, the old, the old priests, 
they would live and die. And there was just a, one priest after another because they would come and they would serve as a mediator for a while and then they would die. And what we're looking for with God is we're looking for eternal life. But how can people who don't have life bring life? And so Jesus was better, a better priest. He, he came and he rose from the dead. He died like other priests, but he died differently from other priests because he rose from the dead. And the Bible says he remains our mediator. So we just have one priest who we know that God accepts. See, every human priest, every year when, when he would go in that once a year on the Day of Atonement to, to bring the sacrifice, what we read last uh, week in the book of Le Leviticus, when he would go in, they would actually put bells around the hem of his robe and they would tie a rope around him so they could hear him moving and doing all his priestly functions on the Day of Atonement. Because if he, if he messed up in the least, when he came into the presence of God, the presence of God would strike him dead. Because it's kind of like what we talked about the, um, a few weeks ago. Coming to God without proper protection is like going to the sun. Is like drawing close to the sun without proper protection. It will damage you or kill you. When we're properly protected, either by distance or by sunblock, then the sun is great. It brings life. We can't live without the sun. It brings life. It brings warmth. It brings light. It's essential. Just like God is essential to all parts of our life. But if we draw close without right standing and proper protection, it can be in, incredibly damaging and even um, destroy us. And so it was as the priest would go in that once a year, he had to always be prepared. In fact, whoever the, the high priest was, for a week before going in, he would have to separate himself from everybody else and anything else so that he would be sure not to touch any wrong thing or do or say any wrong thing and so they set up all these rules that he would go through but but even though you know when the priest would go in if he messed up if the bell stopped <laughs> stopped ringing you know as he was walking through they would have to just drag his body out but jesus we know the bible says he went in once for all and because he was perfect he, not, he didn't just come to an earthly temple. He came to a heavenly temple and was accepted by God. And so his sacrifice extends for all of us forever. And he continues, the Bible says, to intercede on our behalf before God. So we have the perfect priest to be the go-between between us and God. To restore us back to relationship. Because Jesus has the most favor with God. And if you really want to restore a relationship with someone, you find the person that likes you the most that that person likes the most. And they're the one you use to say, hey, would you go and talk to so-and-so on my behalf and just see if there's a way that we can work this out. And that's exactly what Jesus does on our behalf. He goes to God. And on our behalf, he lobbies, he mediates for us. Jesus goes to God and says, God, this is the one that I can assure you they're okay. And if they mess up in any way, I'll make it right. In fact, he's 
already made it right. And so the Bible says then God can freely receive any of us into his, into his presence, into his favor. And so that's why Jesus is a better priest. The second reason it was found in, in the next passage, in the next few verses in Hebrews chapter 7, it says that Jesus, he is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for sins, for the people's sins. And so in the Old Testament, they would have to offer sacrifices continuously every day because every day people would sin. Animals would need to be killed, and, and, and animals would need to be killed because the Bible says that only by blood are our sins washed away. And that blood reminds us of what sin does to our life, how it kills us. It destroys our relationships. It damages and takes the life from us. And so every time that they'd slaughter an, an innocent animal, it would remind them of what their sins have done to their relationship with God and to their own lives. So it was a bloody mess, but it reminds us of what our sins do. The law appointed high priests were limited by human weakness, but after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. So Jesus now has no weakness of sin. He lived as a man, as a human being like you and I, but he lived the perfect life Priest, the high priest, when he would go once a year into that the most holy place, he would have to, first of all, make a sacrifice for his own sin and make sure that that was accepted so he could be acceptable. Then he could make a sacrifice for all of Israel. But Jesus didn't have to make a sacrifice for himself because he was perfect. And so then when he made his sacrifice of his own life, he could make it totally on our behalf. And so we see here that priests sinned, but Jesus didn't. So the reason why Jesus is a better priest is because priests die, but Jesus lives forever. Human priests sinned, but Jesus lived without sin. And so now he is our, really our high priest. And, and the goal of our lives is that we would connect through Jesus to the Father. And so my role here as a pastor is I am, I am not your priest. I am not your, the mediator between you and God. My role is to direct you to God. Because you now can have your own relationship with the Lord. And yes, we all encourage each other in that relationship. And my role is to encourage you here. Maybe it's to be chief encourager. But all of us can encourage one another. I get encouraged. Last night I met with some of the guys in the, uh, my, one of my men's small groups. And we, we just started sharing and asking questions and getting into what does the Bible really mean? And, uh, and it was just so encouraging. And that's the, that's the role that we all play. Is that we're all called to encourage one another because we can all come to God. And that's what Jesus died for. That's why he came, so that we could be reconnected to the Father, the one who makes us holy 
and to be the mediator between us and the Father, the one we go to. So no longer do we have human priests, priests who are struck with death and decay and sin, but we have a perfect high priest who will never die and who has no sin. It's the perfect sacrifice for us. So why is Jesus a better sacrifice? The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good thing themselves. The sacrifices under the system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. We always needed Jesus. And so in the past, Jesus had not yet come to earth. He had not yet died, but they were to sacrifice those animals and to follow the priests as in faith and in trust that one day the perfect sacrifice and the Messiah would come. And so the, that generation under the Old Testament, those before Christ, they had to have a trust that God would fulfill his promises. You and I, we have the benefit of looking back in history and saying we just have to trust that what Jesus did fulfilled the promises. And it's so much easier to trust something that's already happened than to trust that it will happen. And so you and I, we have it so much better. But sometimes I think we, 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 we don't recognize that and don't take advantage of that. We don't, we, we don't pursue that relationship with God that's available to us through Jesus. Because we just think, well, it happened back then. Jesus did his thing. But the point of it is not just what Jesus did, but how we respond. It still requires our faith. It still requires that we trust what Jesus did and that we enter into that relationship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers. Uh, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. What the blood of bulls and goats did was just a demonstration that we have faith. We trust that God will someday send a Messiah, a perfect sacrifice, to completely cleanse us of sins. Amen. So why Jesus is a better sacrifice? So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. So that's where Jesus went, to the most holy place where the presence of God is forever in heaven. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Jesus, the great mediator, the, the great sacrifice, who has made a way for us to be reconnected with God. And the Bible says he is always willing to not only have made a way for us to come to God, but to always advocate for us when we fall short, when we mess up, when we are less than what we think God would expect or want. We rely on Jesus' advocacy on our behalf. Why? Because it's not by our works of righteousness. It's by his righteousness that we are welcomed into the presence of God. 
And that's why the Bible says that salvation is by grace, not by our works, but by grace alone, by God's favor towards us. And God is able to favor us because of Jesus. He's the perfect one. God loves Jesus so much that when Jesus puts in a good word for us, God always opens the door. You know that saying, any friend of so-and-so is a friend of mine. Well, that is so true of God. So true of what God says about any friend of Jesus. He's the one who makes a way for us. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, heifer the cow, female cow, could cleanse people's bodies uh, from ceremony impurity. But just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So not only is the stain of our sin removed and we're forgiven, but our consciences are cleansed. Our guilt is washed away. And when we mess up, the blood of Jesus and the, the presence of Jesus in our lives and before the Father continues to mediate, bringing us into the presence of God and giving us favor with the Father, but also helping us to overcome our guilt and our shame and our brokenness from sin and restoring that relationship with ourselves because we get broken our own emotions get broken because shame causes us to hide from ourselves not only from others and from god our brokenness causes us to withdraw from parts of our own hearts not just friends and jesus comes to restore and to heal as a perfect sacrifice That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalties of the sin they had committed under the, that first covenant. Going back to Isaiah, it says, yes truth, yes, truth is God, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find that there was no justice. And he was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. And so sin kept multiplying. Human leaders stopped being interested in justice and mercy and making things right. But they let oppression continue. And they started to line their own pockets. And they started to be more interested in establishing their own power and authority rather than God's. Kind of like what we see today. So he, he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm. And his justice sustained him. And so here we see how, how the, the, the Jews had read this. Hundreds, for hundreds of years they'd read this and said, oh, so God's going to step in. That's what the Bible says. And when we keep sinning and getting further and further from God, at some point God is going to step in and take over. And that's what they saw. They said the Messiah is going to come and he's going to step in and he's going to save. They had no idea the way that Jesus would do this. And when he did, when the Messiah did step in, when God himself came down to earth to restore us, to relationship with God he did it in a way that everybody missed it and it's easy to point fingers back at them when I look at my own life there are so many days that I totally miss Jesus mediation between me and the father and I just go back to myself trying to be good trying to minimize my sin 
trying to blame somebody else. It was now, it wasn't me. It was just that temptation. Or just try to ignore it. You know, if I if I if I just ignore it, the, the the guilt will go away. The shame will go away. You know, that's what we do with relationships, right? When we mess up. I mean, you know, if someone steals money from you, we just say, well, if I just repay it, that should restore the relationship, you know? If I stole money, if I just repay it, you know, it should be okay. Well, if someone steals money from, money from me, just giving me back the money is not going to restore trust. I'm not going to say, oh, great, you know, you're back in, in, in good favor. I'm going to say, uh, why did you steal from me? And are you going to steal again? So just good works is not enough. Just saying, well, you know, you know God, I, I, I know I messed up here, but then I was really good here. I mean, I, I spent two hours in church on Sunday, and, and I even had, like, I, I read my Bible twice this week, you know, so that should make up for this sin that I did. And we try to negotiate with God. I think my good works are going to get me back into relationship. Or there's the other one, you know, it's a, the, the, the blame-shifting one, the minimizing. Well, my sin wasn't that bad. It really wasn't my fault, you know. I mean, you just, you just left that money out. So you know, I had to take it because it was on the table. Shift the blame. It wasn't that much. I mean, look how much you got in your bank. It just took a little bit. You probably didn't even know what's missing. We minimize our sin, right? Or we just think, you know, if we, if we just don't talk about it, eventually they'll forget that I stole that money. You know, eventually it'll go away. But imagine, you know, imagine, you, 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 I mean, you apply that like to relationship, like with my wife, you know, and like, you know, you know, I slept around, but you know, I, I slept with you more times than I slept around. So, you know, I mean, and I brought you flowers. And really expensive flowers. That should make up for it, right? No way. Or, you, you know, you minimize. Well, you know, it's just, she, you know, the, the, she was coming on to me and flirting with me. You know, and I got needs, you know. <laughs> that's just like, that's ludicrous. But we think that we can do that with God. Or just, you know, time heals all wounds. I've seen some people who years after, they just get madder and madder and madder. And the offense goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, you have to take steps to bring restoration, restitution, to heal the relationship. Because holiness ultimately is a relationship. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins says the Lord. That's the Messiah. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them. Neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and the lips of your children and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the great thing about God. He says this, not only will I forgive you of the things you've done wrong, not only will I forgive you of your sins, but I'm going to, I'm not only going to just make it right Restore your relation with the Father. I'm also going to help you shift your heart so that you won't keep messing up. So that you'll be drawn in the same way that the Father loves you. You're going to start loving the Father back. So Jesus promises that He'll give us a new heart. 
Hebrews chapter 8 says, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone will know the Lord from the least to the greatest. They'll know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. And see, this is what Jesus does for us. And this is what Christianity is. Christianity is not just a, a, a thing where we try to do good works. It's not a thing where we try to behave. It's not a thing where we try to figure out all the right ways to do things. Christianity is a place where we come to the one who is holy. And he makes us holy. And it's not by our works. It's by the work that he did on the cross for us. And in the work of that cross, and in his ongoing work as our high priest in heaven, our mediator with heaven, and as our sacrifice, every time that we sin, Jesus' blood covers over that sin and repays, as it were, for any damage that we've done to our relationship with the Father. And then he goes to the Father and says, Father, I'll take care of it. You can trust. You can trust me to help them. And so the Bible says that when the Father looks upon us, he sees Jesus. And so we become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so when Jesus looks on us, when we are rightly connected to him as, as our mediator, as our savior, God doesn't see our brokenness. Because I can tell you this, becoming a Christian and confessing my sins, that doesn't. It doesn't free me from never sinning again. That may be shocking. But that's certainly my experience. And it certainly is the experience of every honest Christian that I know. But what God does, he looks down from heaven, and, and the Bible says that when we confess our sins to Jesus, God not only forgives us our sin, but Jesus covers over those sins with his blood. And then beyond that, he begins to transform our hearts to love him and know him. And that's why we say, you know, when you, when you do like the daily reading and we're all reading the Bible together, we say, every, you, you know, just share what God's speaking to you because all of us can go and hear God's voice. You don't have to wait for some theologian to say, well, this is what that means and this is what that means. And God says, we'll all actually know the Lord. Now, theology is great because it helps us understand the Lord better. But the goal of it is understanding the Lord so that we have a better relationship. And that's the point of the scripture. That's the point of prayer. It's the restoration of relationship. And so today as we close, I just want to take a moment and let's just turn our hearts to the Lord. We're just going to ask God. The Bible says that God's Holy Spirit is here with us. And that the point and what the Holy Spirit wants to do is show us, convict us of sin. Show us the areas, the things that we're doing that have damaged or that continue to damage our relationship with God. And then we just simply confess those areas and repent of them. And so I want to just bow our heads. 
and just take a moment and you ask God, God, what is it in me that is separating me from you? What are the things that I'm thinking? What are the, 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 the things in my heart, the things that I'm doing that damage my relationship with you? Some of you, they're, they're glaring. You're struggling with them so much and they're just in your face all the time. Others of us, it, it, you, it, it may take a, a, a moment. to just slow down and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you show me. And just in the quietness of your own heart, just bring those to the Lord. The truth is, He already knows them. He already knows your sin. But He's just waiting for an invitation to come in and to be that sacrifice for you. For His blood to cover over your sins. But the Bible says we access that blood by confessing our sins. Then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit also convicts us or shows us the right things to do and how we can draw near to the Father. The Holy Spirit begins to show us things about God that we didn't know before, that we need to know. And so just take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, you show me the steps to the Father. You show me aspects of things about Jesus. You remind me of things that Jesus said and show me things about God that, that you want me to know right now. Maybe God will give you just a fresh understanding of His love. A fresh understanding of His forgiveness. Maybe God just wants to restore joy, faith, or hope. Maybe there's a step of faith that God wants you to trust Him. For most of us, most of you, it'll be things that you've already been aware of. God gently nudging you. Sins that have been just gnawing at you, fraying your life. Jesus, we come to you today and, and we are so thankful for your forgiveness. We confess our sins to you, Lord God, and we just say, come, cleanse. Restore our hearts, Lord God. Create, as David said, create a clean heart in me. Renew a right spirit in me. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. See if there's any wicked ways in me. Lead me in your paths. God, we are so thankful for the Holy Spirit. We just ask the Holy Spirit to come and to be active in our lives in this moment revealing sin to us, revealing righteousness, and guiding us, showing us the Father, guiding us in paths of righteousness. We're so thankful for Jesus, the perfect mediator, 
perfect sacrifice. So we say thank you, Lord God, for your great love for us, that you would send Jesus, who would lay down his life for us. Father, may, may, may our hearts fall in love with you all over again. May we respond to your great act of love by taking steps of love back towards you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.